Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Morning Dump, a fantasy baseball podcast. I'm fired up as I just realized that last week's episode was the 10th episode of the show. So I just want to give a shout out to everybody who's tuned into the show so far, reached out for advice, sent me your fleeces, and been enjoying the baseball season with me. Especially you guys out in Brussels, Belgium. I see you. I've been having so much fun with this show. If you've been with me from the start, you know how sentimental it is for me. Doing this in honor of one of the best friends I've ever had. Thank you. And spread the word if you've been rocking with my advice. So let's kick off the week three show, as we always do, with some highlights from recent action. Another week of baseball, and another week that the Cleveland Guardians remain top three in hits, runs, average, RBI, and OPS. Freaking awesome. I love this young team. Meanwhile, they're no match for Nasty Nestor who went 6.1 innings in his first quality start against them with 8 Ks and just one hit, contributing to his stellar start to the season with a 1.15 ERA, .64 whip, and 25 Ks in 15.2 innings. That's taken him from mostly undrafted to around 80% owned. Showtime bounced back nice last week after getting killed by Texas with a 6-inning quality start against Houston consisting of 12 Ks, one hit, and one walk to secure the W. The young blood Kyle Wright continues to deliver with his best game yet, sporting a six-inning quality start with 11 Ks and a .83 whip. That came against a hot Miami lineup as my streamer of the week last Friday. Miami sitting on a couple of the top young sluggers in the league this year in Jazz and Jesus. Daily reminder... Grab Jesus if he's still available in your league. Another Brave who killed it, Max Freed. In LA against the Dodgers, he faced what's known to be the best lineup in the league. Went seven innings of two-hit ball with no walks and eight Ks for his first W of the year. That's more like the guy I picked to lead the league in ERA this season. Speaking of Braves versus Dodgers, in his first game against his former squad, Freddie must have been feeling some type of way as he launched a home run in his first trip to the plate against him. And to cap off recent news, heading into this past Saturday, the most runs scored by a team in a game was the Padres with 12 on opening day. Well, two teams scored 13 runs on Saturday, Detroit and Seattle, but both were largely overshadowed by the ridiculous 21-run outing by the Cubs. Shout out to Suzuki, slashing 372, 517, and 721 so far this season. Looking like a steal in drafts. Now on to the streams of the week. Monday 425. Full disclosure, I don't recommend streaming anybody this day. Most leagues have limited moves per week. You got lots of aces pitching this day. Scherzer, Burns, Bueller, Bieber, Rodon, Berrios, Ivaldi. It's an off day, 
with very few streaming options. I wouldn't run Freeland against Philly or Lorenzen against Cleveland. But if you're itching for some action, an interesting pickup and long-term hold could be Merrill Kelly at home against the Dodgers. He's 56% owned in Yahoo and 46 on ESPN. And he's been excellent so far this season. Through three starts against San Diego, Houston, and Washington, he's gone 15.1 innings, only letting up one earned run with a 1.17 whip and 18 strikeouts. He'll have a two-start week facing St. Louis on Saturday. On to Tuesday, the 26th, a back-to-back streamer of the week, Josiah Gray at home against Miami. He's 44% on Yahoo and 28 on ESPN. After getting beat up by the Mets in his opener, he's settled in quite nicely facing Atlanta and Arizona in his next two, putting up 10.1 innings pitched, only one earned run, 13 Ks, and under a one whip in both outings. With a few more starts like that, this guy could be a fixture in your fantasy rotations. I recommend getting in now before that ownership percentage skyrockets. He's looking at a two-star week also facing San Fran on Sunday. Wednesday. For the record, Mackenzie Gore is pitching against Cincy. He's 59% owned on Yahoo and 46% on ESPN. But a lesser-owned pitcher, who I feel deserves some attention, and is my streamer of the day, Paul Blackburn against Sam Fran. He's 29% owned on Yahoo and 28 on ESPN. In each of his first three starts, he's gone five innings pitched, with 14 Ks, a 1.8 ERA, 0.8 whip, and two wins. After performing so well in those matchups, two of which were against Toronto and Tampa, I'm interested to see what he'll do against San Fran this week. Thursday, we're going back to Jamison Tyone at home against Baltimore. He's 37% on Yahoo and 23% on ESPN. Coming off his first win of the season, he's got a nice matchup at home. Definitely worth a look sporting a 3.07 ERA and a 1.09 whip so far this year. Friday, we're going with Austin Gomber. Pitcher for Colorado at home against Sansi. He's only 3% owned on Yahoo and 2% on ESPN. For good reason. He got killed in his first two starts. But he's coming off a monster game against Detroit on the road. With six innings pitched, eight Ks, four hits, no walks, and no runs for the W. Oddly enough, last year he pitched elite at home with 47.1 innings pitched, a 2.09 ERA, .95 whip, and a 5-1 record in Coors Field. Him carrying the momentum from his last start back home is your best shot for a streamer on Friday. Saturday, I'm going with Miles Mikolas. I don't know how to say that last name. 39% on Yahoo and 26% on ESPN. You know he's got the run support from St. Louis. And he's coming off two fantastic starts with 6.2 innings pitched against Milwaukee and 5 against Miami. Across those 11.2 innings, he's only let up one run, one free pass, and seven hits. It's a great matchup at home against Arizona. And Sunday, kicking off the new month of May. Not a lot of options I like at all. If you grab Josiah, I'd stick with him against San Fran. But a couple other options. Chris Paddock is facing Tampa. He's got you on a two-start week in week three. The first of which comes against Detroit on Tuesday. 
Not a bad option to run that day either. He could definitely be carrying momentum into that game after a pretty good run against KC last week. Still only 26% owned on Yahoo and 8% on ESPN. And if you really have the cojones, Daniel Lynch is facing the Yankees. 2% owned on Yahoo and 1% on ESPN. Pitching for Kansas City. I'm only running him in one deep league. But he pitched a gem last week against Minnesota. Five innings pitched, no runs, four hits, one walk, and the win. You are now entering Pump or Dump. First up, we got Taylor Ward, outfielder for LA. Last week, we spoke on Marsh, his counterpart, who has since jumped from 8% to 23% owned on Yahoo and 6% to 20% on ESPN. That's following a great week two, slashing 333, 421, and 667 with a home run, six RBIs, and a stolen bag. And by the way, he's tied for seventh right now in RBIs at 13 with Suzuki, but he's the only guy even close to that ownership percentage in the top seven, most of whom are around 90% or more. This week, we're looking at Ward, who's 13% owned on Yahoo and 5% on ESPN. In his first seven games since returning to the lineup as the regular right fielder for LA, batting around second, fourth, and fifth in the lineup, he's slashing 360, 500, and 520 with a home run and a stolen bag. Definite pump for me, and looks like he'll be contributing across the board for you. Next up, G-Man Choi, first base for Tampa. His ownership has jumped quickly to 31% in Yahoo and 29 in ESPN. But after a hot start to the season, he's gone 1-for-16 over the past week with an OBP of 250. He's known for his hot streaks followed by even colder ones and really isn't worth rostering to me. I'm dumping him and saying you let him be someone else's problem. Another first baseman I'd like to talk about, Joey Votto of Cincy. He's been one of the most dropped players of recent, but those have certainly been rage drops down to 74% in Yahoo and 82% in ESPN, and those numbers will likely sink lower in the coming weeks. His splits in 2021 show slow starts in April and May, followed by a strong June through September, with an OPS of over 1,100 in July and September. I definitely wouldn't be giving up on him yet, especially at this age after the offseason he just had. A slow start is to be expected. If he's available, I'd grab him for the potential that he goes off again in a short time. Next up, Jorge Mateo. In second base, shortstop, and outfield eligible for Baltimore, with an ownership percentage jumping to 19 in Yahoo and 8 in ESPN over the past week. He's our current steals leader of the season heading into Sunday 424, but not offering much more than that at the bottom of the O's order, slashing 229, 288, and 271 with no homers so far. I don't think he's worth rostering to get those steals based on how much he's going to hurt your other categories. If you are looking for a utility man that covers multiple positions on the wire, I'd be looking at some other guys like Nico Horner, Tayro Estrada, Joey Wendell, all with multiple steals so far this season and much better hitting stats. Jorge's going to be a dump for me. On to a few pitchers. First up, my guy Mike Clevenger of the San Diego Padres. He's 85% owned on Yahoo and 70% on ESPN. So this is more for the folks in ESPN leagues. 
But if you're among the 15% of leagues in Yahoo or 30% in ESPN, where he's currently unrostered, stop what you're doing right now, unless you're driving, open up the app, and add him. He is an ace who will get you elite starting pitcher numbers across the board. He's been reunited with his former guru pitching coach, Ruben Niebla, and I think he is in line for his best season yet. For reference, Castillo on the IL, who just began a rehab assignment, is 93% owned in ESPN. Give me Clev over him all day. This is a premium pump for me. He's progressing well through his rehab assignments and should only need one or two more before getting back to the majors. Next up, another guy who is criminally under-owned to me, Chris Flexen, starting pitcher for the Mariners. He's 24% on Yahoo and 46 on ESPN. 2021 was rock solid for him. A 3.61 ERA, 1.25 whip, 14-6 record, and he's backed by an even better lineup of hitters this year. Seems he's been rage dropped a bit also after suffering losses in his first two outings, in which he produced a 6.23 and 4.5 ERA. But his second and third outings were both quality starts, going six and seven innings, with a 1.00 whip and a 0.86 whip in each. Finding a guy available in this many leagues who can produce that well with respect to innings, ERA, whip, and wins, it's rare. Forget about the K's and grab him before he continues putting up sick outings like his latest. And lastly, let's talk about Nick Lodolo, starting pitcher for the Reds. He's 25% owned on Yahoo and 7% on ESPN. All the buzz has been about Hunter Green so far, but Mr. Lodolo is the other rookie in town. He got killed by Cleveland in his debut, but looks like he's starting to get comfortable. He posted some filthy numbers in the minors in college, Definitely improved in his second start against San Diego in five innings with eight Ks, but he let up six hits and two walks also. In his third game, yesterday against St. Louis, he went 5.2 innings pitched in 79 pitches, letting up five hits, no walks, and one run. He ran into trouble with two of those hits and the run coming in the sixth inning after he was sent back out for the third run through the order. He's pitching in Colorado next week, so I wouldn't run him, but this guy could be a must-own in time. Finally, the Fleece of the Week. I started posting a trade talk thread on Reddit where folks can come and seek trade advice. Really appreciate everybody who took the time to post in there. This one is coming from user Kyle Tucker fan. He gave up Bieber, Gilbert, and Winker and got back Jose Ramirez, Luis Robert, and Scott Barlow. I love this one for you. See, in a shallower league, whether there are only eight teams or more, but rosters are very slim, it's all about putting together a roster of all-stars. And the only guy in this deal who I think is absolutely irreplaceable, Jose Ramirez. As good as Gilbert's been, and as good as Bieber can get back to being, Ramirez is already there. And those are the guys you want to have on your team. Especially because Kyle Tucker fan is sitting on Wheeler, Giolito, Verlander, McClanahan, and Manoa as his starting pitchers. Hopefully this injury doesn't keep Robert out for too long. But he's certainly an upgrade from Winker too. And if you're a hawk on the wire, you're going to find another Gilbert to back up your rotation in no time. I'm in a shallow league myself, and I run with this strategy all day. 
I just pulled a deal where I gave up Goldschmidt, Cassianos, and Ranger Suarez, who I just threw in because the other manager in the deal is a big Philly fan. All for Vlad. It's a points league where Vlad put up the most points in the league last season on the hitter side. And in raw value, sure, he got more. A Rangers easily replaceable. They've since added Lazardo, Carrasco, and Josiah Gray to my rotation. Got a major points boost at first base. Picked up Tyler Ward for outfield. I don't think it'll be long till I find another outfielder to ride a hot streak on and carry production for. I also want to give a shout out to user Pablo Escobarbecue. Great name, by the way. He just flipped Logan Webb and Matt Brash for Garrett Colt. Very interesting deal. He posted this deal in the thread, wondering if he should smash accept. I sat there and stared at it for like 10 minutes, in shock that this is even something we'd be considering today. But the day has certainly come. You're talking about Cole, the proven talent, been a Cy Young caliber pitcher for years, off to a very slow start, just got hammered by Detroit, sporting a 6.35 ERA, a 1.41 whip, and only 12 Ks in 11.1 innings. Lots of concerns out there over how much the sticky stuff ban is really affecting him. But again, this is Garrett Cole, the first pitcher off the board in most drafts. On the other side, you're looking at Logan Webb as the meat of the deal. Coming off a great rookie season, knocking a 2.55 ERA, a 1.08 whip, and 17.2 innings pitched with 11 Ks. He looks like somebody you can rely on as an ace this season. But he did only go 148.1 innings last year. Fatigue could be kicking in at some point. I ended up recommending that you smash accept, selling the potential of both him and Brash to get the guy who's far more likely to be the number one pitcher in the game this year, even after his slow start. When it comes to trading, the mentality holds true in all leagues. It's about next man up. Only two-for-one deals when you can get a stud is often the way to go if you can find a replacement for the second player in the deal on your bench or on the waivers. I'll be posting that trade talk thread in Reddit every week, giving an analysis on the most interesting deal. So definitely get over there if you're looking for advice from me or anybody else in the Reddit community. Hit me up anytime on IG and Twitter, at MorningDFantasy. I'll be here for you offering trade advice, ad drop advice, or anything else you want to talk fantasy. Keep me posted about the deals you pull off, moves you're making, the matchups you're running. Tell me who you're streaming. Let me know what you think about my streamers. Hope you all have a great week three and come out victorious on the other side. Catch you all next Monday. And remember, can't have your coffee without the morning dump.